Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And normally, this would be the point where I'd make a joke about the fact that we have not one, but two songs from the giant ginger infant. But I'm too busy over here not talking about Bruno. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yes, welcome to the uh, copyright strike show. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah this is... It says if you are a listener to our show on YouTube, you will not be finding this show there. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, this is where we take a the, the the Billboard show. We take the top ten uh, Billboard of the year as soon as all the Christmas stuff falls off and uh, put it up against a Billboard from many years ago. So this week, this week we're going with 1992 versus 2022. Yeah, it was kind of fun when we started jumping out of the 80s and into the 90s. And uh, we got slightly different takes because for years we did this with then being the 80s. Mm -hmm. And this is one of our favorite shows to do. And we only do it once a year. So it's uh, it's always fun. I will say this, that out of these are probably in the top three of our most downloaded shows. The Billboard shows are. So we've got about six, I think. Did we do in the first year? I don't know the first year we did this, but uh, yeah, we've done it annually every year since. And for the last at least three years, it's been in January. Yep. God bless you, giant ginger infant. Keeping us with music. So yeah, so if uh, you'd like to uh, get in touch with us, give a suggestion for a show, or maybe uh, tell one of us what you think, or talk to Pat directly or something like that, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can also click on the link in the show notes or copy-paste that over and join us on our Discord and join the conversation, which has ranged from Hardy Boys. (laughs) That's recent, yep. Yeah, and lots of food and drink chat. I was going to say, mostly today it was show ideas. Yeah, we're show ideas we were sharing pictures of ourselves all like fans sharing pictures of themselves when they were kids that was fun yeah i was looking for a picture of myself as an infant but i i could not find anything so well that's because you're so you were so rich back then that they only did full portraits in oil ha Jeez. <laughs> right way to bury the needle on that one yeah so again if you like all uh, to find more of us we're all over the place give us a call find us on facebook uh, click that there uh in the meantime it's about that time Okay. Mm-hmm. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. Yes, so this week we're going with January 18th, 1992, because that's the same week as the week we recorded this. Oh, that's why it says guess why. Guess why, yes. Okay. I was trying to figure out if there was like something I was missing, and, and it is. I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much it, Patrick. That's a sigh of pure disappointment. <laughs> uh, all right, so music. <laughs> the top song in the land was "Sorry." No spoilers there. We're not going to tell you. Oh, I see what you did there. Not, I didn't do it. I just read. No cheating. Bar- barely. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> 
So uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 7th Annual Induction Ceremony was held January 21st at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. Inductees were Bobby Bland, Booker T and the MGs, Johnny Cash, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, the Isley Brothers, Sam and Dave, the Yardbirds, Elmore James, uh, Professor Longhair, Leo Fender, Bill Graham, and Doc Pomus. Brenda Lee criticized the selections, noting the lack of female talent, and pointed out that they're just as important as the men. As of 2022, only 69 of the 888 inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are women, just 7.7% over 35 years. Yikes. So she may have had a point. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I, I went. I had the pleasure of going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, on my honeymoon. That was one of the stops we made. Man, that was like just pure bliss. I just I loved every minute of that. That's also the I, reason you got kicked out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> On your honeymoon was the pure bliss. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. William. doing it. Because of sex. Until you're satisfied. All right. So William Thomas, champion Jack Dupree, a nickname derived from his early career as a boxer, was an American blues and boogie-woogie pianist and singer. He was orphaned at the age of eight and sent to the Colored Waifs Home in New Orleans, an institution for orphaned or delinquent boys. The same home Louis Armstrong had also been sent to about six years previously. Dupree was a cook in the United States Navy in World War II and was held by the Japanese for two years as a prisoner of war. Following Franklin Delano Roosevelt's death in office, Dupree composed the FDR Blues after the war. His biggest commercial success was Walkin' the Blues, which was recorded as a duet with Teddy McRae. This led to several national tours and eventually a European tour. He was not a sophisticated musician or singer, but he had a wry and clever way with words such as, Mama, move your false teeth. Papa, want to scratch your gums. He sometimes <laughs> sang as if he had a cleft palate and even wait, a quarter into wait, the wait, name. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> yeah. Mama, move your Think false teeth. <laughs> Papa, want to scratch your gums. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. All the innuendo was there. But Damn. <laughs> He had a way with words. Yeah, yeah he had a way with women, too. Who knew? Uh, that worked? Oh. He sometimes sang as if he had a cleft palate and even recorded under the name Hairlip Jack Dupree. This was an artistic conceit as he had cleft articulation, particularly clear, for a blues singer. Clear articulation. Oh, see, I'm stuck on cleft. Because he, as he had clear articulation, particularly for a blues singer. He would also occasionally indulge in a vocalist style of song wordplay, similar to Slim Gallard's Vout, as in his Mr. Dupree Blues, included on the album and the acronym of the week, TCBHS. I'm relatively sure that stands for That Camel Blue Howard Stern. Yikes. <laughs> Camel I'm Camel glad... like, take out your dentures, Howard. <laughs> Wanna tickle your gums. Wait. <laughs> And Robin watched. No, that is the complete Blue Horizon sessions. You were very close. Uh, many of his songs were about jail, drinking, and drug addiction, although as himself was a light drinker and did not use other drugs. Although he himself was a light drinker and did not use other drugs. <laughs> uh, he died of cancer. I don't know cancer. why I mentioned that you could barely read. I don't know why I said that. I was <laughs> fine. I it out. I was fine until the end, and then I got missed one thing, and I just completely lost my my. Anyway, he died of cancer on January twenty first, and I should be upset there, but I'm just gonna say he was absorbed. Wow! Uh, wow! Let's like just I... move past that to movies. That was an IHOP waitress <laughs> through a minefield. That's what that was. All right, the top movie in the land was the hand that rocks the cradle. 
Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah, like, yeah. It was a movie. It was, yeah. it was a good suspense. Yeah. It had a couple re- of good moments. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was working at the video store when that came out, and oh my God, we easily got 50 copies in and were rented out by like the end of the first night. Man. All right. Logan Wade Lerman, born in January, is known for playing the title role in the fantasy adventure Percy Jackson films. Before that, he starred in the TV series Jack and Bobby and the movies The Butterfly Effect and Hoot. Lerman was also in 310 to Yuma, The Number 23, Gamer, The Three Musketeers, and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. In 2020, he returned to television with the series Hunters. 18th, to be specific. Yeah, I noticed you added the date after I was already past that. I'm thinking, that's I uh, commend the effort, but that is so not helpful. (laughs) I do that all the time. I always edit the tweet, even after we're done with it, just to make sure it looks right. Or or in some cases, while we're reading it, which is a lot of fun, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know what this needs? A tab right here. All right, so we've gone from the birth of Logan Wade Lerman to the life of William Franklin Walker, who was an American television and film actor, best remembered for his role as Reverend Sykes in the 1962 film To Kill a Mockingbird. In a career that spanned five decades, Walker appeared in numerous television shows and films. He was in the 1961 film The Mask, not to be confused with the Twilight Zone episode The Masks, in which he also appeared uncredited. Walker was married to Peggy Cartwright, a member of the original Silent Our Gang troupe. He died of cancer on January 27th, 1992. Absorbed. All right. And yeah. movies released this week included Free Jack, A Gnome Named Norm, Juice, and Love Crimes. Woo, doggy. That is a grab bag right there. <laughs> that is 1992 in a bucket. I'm pretty sure I am the one person who enjoyed Free Jack, and I recognize it's not good. I mean, I enjoy a Free Jack, but not. I don't know about the movie. Gnome named Norm. Yeah. Or Gnome named Gnorm. Yeah, I, I have nothing to say way. about any of those movies. I, everyone hates Free Jack, and that is a totally rational point of view. It's just not one I hold with literally the rest of the planet. Well, I mean, the pitch. When you think of dark sci-fi in the future, do you think of Mick Jagger? No. Mick Jagger and NASCAR. Yes. <laughs> those are those are the quintessential elements for a cyberpunk thriller, or NASCAR and Mick Jagger. Yeah. They're trying to cast that net wide. <laughs> so, oh, I think I may have accidentally muted Joel. Accidentally. Gnorm! Stop muting me. <laughs> so, TV. Asshole. Yeah, well, the top shows in the land were 60 Minutes, Roseanne, Home Improvement, and Murphy Brown, 1992. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Murphy Brown. Ah, I love Murphy Brown. Candace Bergen fan. We kind of missed our window to do uh, that as a show topic, considering the uh, reboot has been like over for two years. Right. We talked about it, but it never happened. I was was kind of sad, but eh. Me too, considering I watched a few episodes of the reboot. So also on January 26th, during the halftime of Super Bowl 26, Fox ah. counter-programmed a, lo- a special live edition of the sketch comedy program, In Living Color. In Living Color. And in 1992, that was a big fucking deal. Yep. yep. I remember my family watched the Super Bowl just to tune into the halftime show. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, we kept the you know we we kept the Super Bowl on. My dad, you know, he wasn't a huge football fan, but he liked football, so it would be on. And like that particular Super Bowl, I remember us actually watching the Super Bowl to switch over. Like we all sat down, like, "Ooh, it's almost halftime." 
<laughs> let's not my, watch my, this channel. Right? My family was fans of In Loving Color, so you know, we like, let's go watch that. Let's watch the Fly Girls. And then we put it back on, and it all went about our business again. Like, Homie the Clown. Yeah, I was going to say, back when the Wayans were funny. Right? Yeah. Let me show you something. And the beginning of Jim Carrey, obviously. Yep. Fire Marshal Bill. I ha- I do have to say, throwing back for the music thing, some of the music ones that Jim Carrey did back then, like his Vanilla Ice one and the yep. Snow one, were comedy gold. Welcome to this old box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the 49th Golden Globe Awards, honoring the best in film and television for 1991, were held on January 18th at the Beverly Hilton. The nominations were announced on December 27th, and winners included Bugsy, Beauty and the Beast, Nick Nolte, Jodie Foster, Robin Williams, and Bette Midler. Hmm. I liked Bugsy. Like, I, I think that people look back to that movie and cringe a little bit, but I, I think it was pretty good. When's the last Joel? time Nick Nolte was nominated for an anything? What, Patrick? Your trivia question is what was Robin Williams nominated for? Uh, the the one where he was in the Nope. Nope. The one we missed uh the what he's the doctor in the wearing the clown outfit. Nope. Patch. Patch Adams, Adams was later. Uh I'm gonna say Aladdin. Well, why don't you think about why I specifically oh, asked Joel? Oh good call, Josh. But it was no, no, that's still not right. Why did oh. I specifically ask Joel? Fisher King. There you go. Uh huh. We knew we'd get there eventually. That was a good call, Josh, though. That was a really good poll. I was going to say, it was about the right time, so that yep. was my guess. Yeah. It would have been, well, ninety. it came out in 92. I think of it as 93, but yeah, Aladdin did come out in the end of 92. Oh, yeah, because wait, was it 92 or was it 93? Because mm-hmm. I think we saw it in the theater together, and we didn't meet till 93. I saw it I saw it in high school with uh, uh, some friends. No, no, he's talking about Aladdin. You're now talking about Fisher King. Oh, Fisher King? Fisher oh, King yeah, was well, later. You couldn't have uh, seen, yeah, you couldn't have been. seen Aladdin in high school. I did. Uh, he, is, he is what he's saying. It was oh, ninety-two. Was, he's oh. right. Okay, well then, never mind, because I I was going by with with Joel. Josh yeah, came out, Aladdin came out my senior year, and I saw it in ah. the theater at Ward Parkway uh, in ninety-two with some friends. Yeah, uh, my memory was off. Like I I must have seen it in the theater before I met you guys. I thought I saw it with you guys, but I'm wrong. Well, I apologize, yeah. Joel. I was thinking Josh was right. My bad. But most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I will call myself out immediately when I'm wrong. Yep, me too. I just haven't had to do it yet. I'm never wrong. (laughs) Moving on to sports. On January 21st, Bill Cowher became the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, becoming only the second head coach of the team since 1970. He led the team until his retirement following the 2006 season. Wow. Cowher. Yeah, Bill Cowher. Yeah. That's what you got from that? I just like his last name, that's all. Cowher. Taking place on January 19th, the 1992 Royal Rumble was the fifth Royal Rumble pay-per-view event produced by the WWE. Six matches were scheduled at the event, and for the first time, the winner would win the World Heavyweight Championship, which had been vacated. Ric Flair won the match by eliminating Sid Justice with the help of Hulk Hogan from outside the ring. In other featured matches on the undercard, the Natural Disasters defeated the tag team champions the the Legion of Doom, the Beverly Brothers defeated the Bushwhackers, and Roddy Piper defeated the Mountie to win the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. I've so this of had like to, half oh. of them. Go ahead. This had to be like very shortly before uh, Hogan and Flair went over to WCW. Yeah, yeah, because it was like mid '90s when they did that. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say because I remember that it was right at the beginning of the D and D game that used to be on Saturdays, and that was like fairly early on in the nineties. It was right after it might have been ninety five. Yeah, it's like Ric Flair. It's like Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan switch places. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. 
And then lastly in sports, the 91-92 Benson and Hedges World Series was a one-day international cricket tri-series where Australia played host to India and West Indies. Australia won 2-0 against India in the finals, and Australian opener David Boone scored the most runs in the series at 432. A cigarette company is hosting a sporting event. It's yeah, Australia. to happen. I know, but I'm just, I was just thinking by like 90s, I was thinking that that, that kind of was no longer in vogue. Like it was passe or, you know, considered a bad thing to smoke. So I was just a little surprised. When they, and Benson and Hedges isn't exactly like Philip Morris. Right. And I, I think that that is the point at which it started to turn. But like teenagers were still smoking in 92. I was sure. smoking in 92. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, uh, I just, it just struck me as funny, for I whatever. Was smoking reason. in two thousand two. <laughs> I smoked way, way more cigarettes this year than I ever have in my entire life. Huh? Yeah. This year? Yep. My mom, oh, my mom started smoking for stress reasons, and I started hanging out with her out on the porch, and I started smoking too. Like, but it's, it's not like I'm addicted. I stop. I start and stop whenever I want. That's the fun thing about it. It's like I could just have a cigarette and be like, okay, that's cool. I can stop whenever I want, Tim. I literally do. I haven't had a cigarette in like six weeks. I don't care. It's not do weed. What I want. I even, it's not weed. I can smoke a cigarette and not give a shit. I like quitting smoking so much I did it six times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever really quit until I started vaping. But it's just very interesting to know now that I, I don't have a problem with cigarettes. I can smoke them and stop whatever the hell I want. Uh, yeah. before, the, before this year, I had had two and a half cigarettes my entire life. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. No, I mean the fact that he like must have like a tally in his wallet or something. Yeah, <laughs> I've had sixty-eight cigarettes now. He's got a blog. <laughs> I mean, I li- I count everything, Mike. You know this. I, I know that. I know. That. <laughs> Wait, you said you you know exactly how many you've had? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's not an estimation. Yeah, that's uh, I've had sixty-eight no, cigarettes. I I believe it. I know how your brain works. I just didn't know you, <laughs> that was a thing. He's like Archer and counting bullets. I mean, it, my brain works very if I if because the most of the reason I was smoking was because I was out of weed at that point, and so I was smoking you know cigarettes to kind of compensate, give me something. And like when I'm not smoking, my brain works very weirdly. Yeah, so that's why I smoke to turn off my weird brain. And so on that one, yeah, mm, that's my life. So I guess take us out, keyboard Joel. No, 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 no. All right, we are going to do the Billboard show. So the first, the little rundown on how we do this. We start on the number 10 of the ranking and work our way down to number one. And uh, oh, what week? Remind him again. What week? I, we I are, forgot. Uh, yeah. I forgot what week. It's 1992, January 18th. Okay. And we get these straight from Billboard. Because Billboard yep. has this really convenient, like, put in the week, and it'll tell you whatever. I mean, going back, what, I think it doesn't, they didn't start doing it until, like, the, the mid-50s. 1950s, yeah. 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 So uh, we're going to start with 1992, and we're going to get right into this. This is going to be wonderful. I cannot. I've been actually anticipating this show (laughs) just for this song. So number 10, we have the popular MC Hammer with Adam's Groove.
in the day when movies needed to have a song explaining the whole plot of the movie. Yep. Uh, what can you say about Adam's Groove? You know, it sucks. It's horrible. It's shit. <laughs> I can say all of those things. I can say I don't want to hear it. I can say it's. I'm glad I forgot about this song. I can say all kinds of things about this song. <laughs> I mean, MC Hammer was a one-hit wonder that they just tried and tried and tried to turn into an actual successful artist, and just he didn't have the talent for it. See, you make up your own definitions for words because "Too Legit to Quit" was a hit. Oh, like you may not have good. liked it, but it was it a was hit. It, it doesn't see the definition of one hit wonders not had one song Patrick liked. Okay, okay, <laughs> good point. Good point. So fine, he was a two hit wonder then because he did. It was a hit even though it was crap. It well, was a hit. Uh, so Adam's groove hit, hit number ten. The oh, one so number bad. eleven oh. was too legit to quit. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, in 1992, I loved the song, and l- going back and listening to it, I'm not sure why. It is objectively bad. Like, I'm not going to argue with you on that, but like, I, I don't know if it was just like 92 watching the video though. Mm-hmm. Now I did love the fact that I got to watch Angelica Houston and Raul Julia dancing with MC Hammer. Cause that they're both is a in great the video. video. That that's the worth the price of admission to the song right there. Yes. Well, now, you know, this, this one, oh, I'm sorry, Joel. I was just going to say this one, uh, peaked at number seven and lasted for seven weeks on the chart. I mean, I remember when Hammer was popular, but once he kind of faded off and, you know, there was all the legal troubles and yada, yada, all the stuff that happened after that, I kind of forgot about him. And then I was watching the Hip Hop Evolution documentary on Netflix, and he's got a whole segment in that uh, docuseries. It's fascinating. So it gave me a little bit more respect for him as a as an artist. But yeah, I agree with Pat. I'm still not a fan. Yeah, See, I, I'm with Josh on this one. He was the king of the early 90s party rap. And was that stuff as good as the more serious rap that came later? Absolutely not. But it it's kind of like the listen to John of that time. You know, the, you know, the what? Okay. You know, just kind of silly. Will Smith is much better at doing it than he was. I would agree. I, I actually yeah. think Young MC was better. But yep. like he, but Hammer was the biggest in the world in that little subgenre. He was inoffensive. Stupid dance. Pretty much. He was, yeah, he was inoffensive. He was danceable and he, he, people like well, the, the dance him. in those pants is really what did it. That's, everybody just went nuts for him. Like it, it, when they the saw Chinese that, typewriter. That, yeah. In the big diaper pants, whatever they called them. Hammer pants, you mean? <laughs> yes, hammer pants. I, mean, that's, I, don't, I don't recall anybody calling them Chinese diaper pants. No, they I just, call them parachute pants. No, parachute no. pants were different. Yeah, They're parachute pants zippers. weren't nearly as puffy. I would, Aladdin pants, I know some people called them that. So uh, okay, yeah. I just like calling them hammer pants because it sounds, sounds like a porn star. Oh, crap, he had another hit. I forgot. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him? Wait. Well, okay. No, that, that was, was the name the of the album. That was the album no, title. Pray. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, about shit. that one. You've got to pray. Pray. I forgot about it. Oh. Huh. Probably better we forgot. Not a great song. I mean, none of his stuff was a great song, but it was fun. You Can't Touch This was iconic. Yeah. All right. I don't so, have anything against You Can't Touch This. That's a that's a good song. It deserved to be a hit. The rest of them... Altulajitsukwit <laughs> was fine. And I actually liked Have You Seen Her, even though it barely t- scratched the charts. Like, I would not call that a hit. Like, it had a video. Shotites was much better anyway. Why, you know, why redo it to try and match them? We can't. You can't touch that. <laughs> we can move on. All right. For number nine, a new breaking band that just started up in this time. Uh, we have Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> 
talk about a song that marked a sea change in music, like just the band and arguably one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm right there with you. This was a, a seismic shift in my uh, music listening because like up till uh, I discovered the early 90s R&B and party rap, I was into nothing but heavy metal. Then I got into my uh, B96 phase. And then there was the year I discovered this and virtually all I listened to was uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I had the two singles and I was just listening to them back to back over and over again for like a year. It's a nice little duo. I think they drive me insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care is... if I like them or not. If I hear the same two songs over and over, I think it's going to drive me insane. I'd occasionally listen to the B-sides. Like, yeah, there was, I think, a kind of magic on the uh, other side of uh, Bohemian. And I can't remember what the B-side was for uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh... Polly, maybe? I'm trying to remember. I have it downstairs. But Mike, what were you going to say? I'm I'm still thinking. Oh no, I was going to say I I I fall into the same category as Josh. It was like when Nirvana first came out. It was that moment of what? What can music do now? Type of thing. And then then just led into Pearl Jam. Led into the probably 25 percent of the genre of music that I have in my CD collection right now. Uh, this I agree with you. This launched the grunge genre of music and literally kind of like set the tone for i mean the years we were in college together you know it's uh talking to the girls and they at one point they asked me like what did you you know how did you dress when you were in, in college dad and did you have anything i was like jeans t-shirt flannel around the waist <laughs> like that was daily driver every day type of thing how do i still dress yeah I, that that's just you, you that's probably my still uniform. have yeah you probably still have a lot of the same flannels that you did back when you were in college too well the funny thing is I don't wear I don't really wear flannels anymore, but I still layer as often as possible. Okay. Um and you know, t shirts and and uh and an under and a long sleeve shirt underneath it has is my uniform and I wear t shirts three hundred and sixty four days out of the year. Uh, so another but... thing about this song is this year, nineteen ninety two, when it came out, uh I went Joel do I mean not Joel. Pat, do you remember youth conventions? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. Retroactively cringe, but they had um talent shows. Uh, the one that I went to that was up in like Rosemont or something like that. And they had like, it was, it was a standard stuff. You know, you had the, the two girls got up there and sang Amy Grant and you had the one guy get up there and he would sing, you know, with the acoustic guitar and sing that. And somebody else would do some Michael W. Smith and somebody would juggle. Right. You know, they would, <laughs> somebody would juggle and read off Bible verses. Uh, uh, me and I three guys, that. guess what we did? Smells you juggled like Michael Spirit, w. Smith? Baby. Oh, oh I Nice. Yeah. So it was it was a it was a it was a shift in um mood because there was a for small sure. contingent of kids that like ran forward and started like moshing, which was pretty entertaining. And then they cut us off like right before about halfway through. They're like, Yeah, thank you very much. You can go now. We unofficially won though. So I did a very important song. Stand up five minutes of biblical stand up at my talent show. <laughs> wow. I can't even yeah. imagine how Jokes, jokes yeah. about you know Noah and stuff, Ten Commandments, and things like that. So we got another pretty important song to 1992 coming up at number yeah. eight. Yes, we do. We got uh, "It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday" by Boys to Men. How do I say goodbye to what we had? The good
Last year, I think it was, we had some random uh, 90s R&B that I loved. Some people didn't remember and everyone but me hated. And I will admit that it was like a bit of a, it was a different time. And I love the memory more than I love the song. I have absolutely no guilt about my pleasure for this song. No, I, I put this on this morning when I, uh, in first thing, drinking my coffee, making the breakfast, I put this soundtrack, the the whole playlist on and uh, Sophie was in the kitchen with me and this one came on and she was like, who is this? I'm like, this is Boys to Men. And she was like, the Motown Philly song? I'm like, yeah, same time. Like, <laughs> like, first off, props that you remember that. And second of all, um, yeah, there was like, there's this weird time when mid, you know, early 90s, like. You know, producers are like, what if we got a bunch of people together that had amazing voices and were able to harmonize? Yeah. I mean, they're all trying to first it was trying to be the new, new edition. And then they realized that this round of R&B singers were bigger than new edition ever was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I will never turn down a Boyz II Men song when it pops up on the radio. Just I mean, not all their stuff is 100 percent. But this, if you're looking for like a showcase of what they can do. Like this is probably the best you're going to get out of all their stuff on how they can blend their voices. They very four very talented individuals that, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard pressed to say anything negative about any of the songs that I know. I know I'm not, never did a deep dive into their catalog or anything like that, but always impressive. So how hard is it to say one dude had a cane? (laughs) I was going to say, so tell us how hard it is to say something negative about them, Patrick. (laughs) You haven't spoken yet. Yeah, here it comes. No, it's a great song. I, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I don't, don't know yeah. what to say now. Yeah, we'll save our arguing for later. Yeah. <laughs> but no, good stuff all around. So then we have number seven, I Love Your Smile by Shanice. as much for boys to men for that one i agree like like literally when this song started i didn't realize it by by title and everything i was like i don't remember this song and as soon as it started i was like oh yeah i remember this and that little catchy little whatever was all i remembered of this song mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like the whole the whole rest of the song i'm like yeah i don't remember these lyrics i don't remember this video i remember nothing but as soon as she started doing that i'm like okay yeah i'm back yeah no it's all coming back now yeah and yeah. and you know what i i literally if you had asked me who sang this? I would have been like Whitney Houston. No, who? I mean, I would have gone through like eight other people before the the name Shanice would have even popped up in my head. For it sure, never would have popped in my head. Yeah, because I don't it, even know who. I don't recognize her now. Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, somebody in an, a boardroom was like, "Okay, we've got all these popular artists, so let's take our average between like Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, uh, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey." And can we do someone find someone that can do the average of all that kind of stuff and is kind of cute? Okay, yeah. that's how you get Shanice. 
Yeah, Shanice is the mean, the mean average of all those other seekers. Perfectly and, right up the middle. Not too bad, not too good, but she's she's not untalented. You know, she's no, not no, no. she's not anything bad. She's just not anything like amazing either. Yeah, she's just and, a song made in a boardroom. <clears throat> well then they're like, Okay, when when we're recording this, can you put the board and set it on ninety two? Uh because we need to have the little whistling, the little uh, do 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 do, you know, the little burp, do, 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 burp, gank, gank, you know, we want all that in there. What uh-huh. was that and, again? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I knew <laughs> what he was going for before he went completely off the rails. <laughs> gunk a dunk, bunk a dunk, dink a dink. I mean, it just sounds like so many. Uh, like producers were trying to sound at that point. Like there was a very distinct sound when you hear it. You're like, that's early nineties. Mm-hmm. 100%. In this particular pop music. Yeah, it's like early 90s fresca of songs. And she is 100%, like like Josh was saying, like that's exactly what I was thinking, was somebody said, okay, this girl's pretty good. Let's throw some production on her and get make her, you know, a one-hit wonder and move on. Yeah, nothing against her. I mean, good on you. You, got the, you hit the charts better than I did in 92, <laughs> seriously. Right. So... But moving on, we have Diamonds and Pearls by Prince and the NPG. Tell me what you're gonna do If I gave you diamonds and pearls Would you be a happy boy or a girl If I could ever give you the world All I can do is just offer you my love And then we're on one side of it, we have Shanice with the boardroom written song, and then we have Pearls doing what I mean, Pearls, Prince doing whatever the hell he wants to do because he's Prince. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a whole show on him, so I don't know how much more can you say. I he will say good. that this is this is easily my least favorite Prince hit song. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because my opinion's not too far from that. This is one where if it comes on the radio, I will not skip it, but I am not excited to hear it. I usually actually do skip it just because I'm like, nope, if I want to hear a Prince song, I want to hear what I want to hear. I don't want to hear a Prince song that I'm just like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that this is anywhere remotely close to like my favorite Prince song, but the guy had talent. I mean, well, yeah, even I'm a not, Prince song never is gonna a say, good Prince yeah, song. Yeah, this doesn't mean that Prince sucks. I mean, it's just, a, just one of my least favorite songs. Yeah, I, I wish I had more to say about this because as I alluded to a few minutes ago, the Prince show is the one episode of 40 going on 14 that didn't happen in September that I wasn't on. And even that I was in for the, like the up through the twee. Hmm. But I don't remember why. Uh, I think I'd yep. just gotten into a car accident and I, I was all fucked up. Uh, but I, I did not participate in that show beyond this weekend. Well, that's yeah. why he stopped recording in his car. Shoot. All right. So <laughs> Joel leads us out to number five. Finally, by C.C. Penison. Penis- Peniston. Penison. Pen- Penison. Okay. Big Penison. Penison, man. <laughs> so here's finally. So this one is the Mariah Carey didn't do this? Nope. 
Oh, I, I knew this was Shanice. <clears throat> like this is a this is, pure. This wasn't Shanice. No, what did I say? Did I say Shanice? You did. Yeah, I meant Cece Penniston. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, finally, like, is pure saccharin. It's a bubblegum pop, but even that short clip, I was dancing in my seat. 100%. Same. same. It's a fun oh, yeah. song. It'll this stick one, in your head. Yeah. I was dancing and making eggs this morning when this came on. This is, uh, if you were to just, I don't say totally distill, but if you want to give an example of an early 90s dance, this is a perfect example of that. Yeah, you would have heard this at probably a dance, and there would be people out there on the floor as the lights are, you know, going up and down and people having a good time. It's it's repetitive, catchy, bubblegum, fun, harmless, you know. And radio CC's song. got a she's got a really good voice. Yeah. You know, this being the pre-autotune years, you know, there's no, you know, there's there's some, but I mean, you can tell at the base that she can de- definitely carry her uh carry her notes, carry her tunes. She's a great singer. And she's not she Shanice. And she's not Shanice. <laughs> she's not and she Shanice. wasn't and she's not Mariah Carey either. She's not Kurt Cobain. Definitely not Kurt Cobain. No. Though that would have been an interesting cover. <laughs> I, I'm not going to think about that. Let's move on to number four. Let's, let's, let's move on. Number four, we've got Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by George Michael and Elton John. Great song. I mean, yeah, and this is like there are three significant versions of this song. There's the original Elton John from the 70s, and then there's a Roger Daltrey cover from the Lost Boys soundtrack. And this is my favorite of the three with George Michael and Elton John. And I if forget. You're, if you're strictly talking covers, so yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree. I don't know why I always forget how incredible George Michael's voice was. Uh, but every time I hear it, I'm just like, man, that guy had a set of pipes. But I'm not per se like a, a fan of either one of them, but I would never turn either one of them off. I grew up on their music and yeah, it, it's just a, it's a solid track. I'm a fan of George Michael. I oh, am. I am too. Faith was yeah. an album that I listened to so many times. Yeah. Faith is another one. You can just put it on and it's another one of those albums that you're like, there's no bad tracks on this. Agreed. I, I can let I can I'm listen to this a, all morning. I'm more of a fan of Elton John. I don't do, but yeah, I like Elton Michael. Oh yeah, I enjoy. I mean, I, I like Elton John also, but I'm saying I also have a question for, for you covering. guys. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time in the Billboard show history where we have had the same artist in the then and the now? Uh, I think it may be because we do have an Elton John. Uh, Elton John and mix. someone coming and someone for the now. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of another time where it's happened. Nope. I think this is a first. I mean, we're talking huh. 30 years. Wow. Here's something else to notice. Uh, I'm not sure about the actual date of it. This is, this may be pre-Elton John getting knighted because he says Mr. Elton John when he introduces ah, him. Ah, instead of sir. You're probably yeah. right. 
Patrick, wow. what do you think about this song? Oh, I love it. You know, I, I, I'm a fan of both guys. What's not to love? I like the song. I like both of the artists. All right. Yeah. Now, moving on, we've got actually Mariah Carey. Of course, it wouldn't be a 90s top 10 if we didn't have Mariah Carey in here somewhere uh, with her song, Don't Let Go. That song where Mariah Carey sings really high. What? I'm pretty sure that this song has come up at least once and maybe twice in the twee, and I've claimed to have never heard it. This is not the best of her stuff. I mean, I think this, I don't want to say this is just a paying the bills song, but I, it, just initially looking at it, it was almost like, uh, finally, and I love your smile. It was like, oh, had to think about it. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I knew it until the very, be- you know, until I heard it, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that was a song. I I like Mariah Carey. This one I don't think is like her best. It's kind of middle of the road for her. But I I, I it's, first of all, it sounds like it belongs on a soundtrack. Second of all, I, I looked up to see who wrote it because it it has similarities to a Prince track with the way it's written. Um, but I don't hate it. I'm not a fan of Mariah Carey, but I don't hate this song for whatever reason. It's kind of pleasing. It's a it's a typical Mariah Carey song. It's not one of her best. It's not awful. It's just solid singing and nice to blah blah blah. I'm a yeah. little surprised it's this high on the chart. That's about oh, it though. Like she could do no wrong back in the nineties. Like everything she released went top ten. That's fair. Yeah. People like the sound of balloons being stretched. I, I think she's got a great voice, and I don't have a problem with any of her music at all, really. Yeah, I don't have a We've problem over with this. Them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, this one, I don't think stands out. Right. As yeah. when you think Mariah Carey, oh well, yeah, I, Can't I Let mean, Go. Yeah, I literally was like, I don't think I know this song by, by title. Yeah. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh yeah. But no, I didn't recognize it by the titles. Yeah. And here's the one Patrick's been waiting for. Oh boy. Oh, Number boy. two, got All for Love by Color Me Bad. to cut off the narration but i mean i don't, I don't mind this song i kind of dig it i mean you got a super group you've got kenny g george michael snow and terrence trent darby what's not to love that is 100 one of the comments i was gonna make you yeah. oh sorry that's no, all right it's obvious I mean, though i mean it's, it, everybody said it so how do you make i i don't know i have no opinion on the third best song by color me bad and like, <laughs> the first two i feel guilty for liking I mean, it's it's kind of like overarching. You kind of feel guilty for liking Color Me Bad as a in general, but I I have this album. I bought this uh, album, uh, and you know I unabashedly will groove along to it when it pops up and I'm playing stuff. Ran, when a random stuff pops up on on my playlist, but 
I am almost not ashamed of I Adore Me More. Oh. I am a little ashamed of I Want to Sex You Up. This is a little too far. Pat. This I one, I think, is up. the least offensive out of all their songs. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I really do. It. I'm not you even You don't joking. like I Adore Me More? Oh, my God. That song is hot garbage. Dream <laughs> on, dream, dream away. Dream. Shut up. It's like really fucking like pentatonics one. before I, they ex- existed. Like, shut I'm up. with you on this, Josh. I... What the Outside fuck is of... wrong with pentatonics? <laughs> oh, they're pretentious and awful. That's what's wrong with them. Oh, remember, Patrick doesn't like bands that don't have uh, instruments. I hate, instruments. I hate acapella. Oh, I hate it. It's How so are they making that music if they're unencumbered by instruments? <laughs> That's the so, devil's it, music right most there. Most people that sing acapella do it so pretentiously that I cannot stand it. Oh, like Broccoli Rob? Yeah. 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 Like, the, yeah, the... You know, Broccoli Rob. Here comes Trouble. Oh, oh Champ. Yeah. These are uh, office it, references, Michael. Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay. I, so, I don't. Okay. Go, go ahead. Okay, you go. I, I was going to say, I'm not a fan of, of Color Me Bad either. Then, now, ever. I'm with Josh on this one. I'm not proud of it, but those three songs, I will get a groove on to. I enjoy it. I, I, will, I will say that this this is probably out of those three songs, the one I, I like the most if I had to, you know, if I had to put them on a. Uh, but anyway, I had an epiphany about Color Me Bad while I was watching this video this afternoon. An epiphany? What was it? Things epiphany. I never I, thought I would hear Patrick say. I, I really did. I was all like, I think I know what, what my issue with this band is and what their issue is and why like they're a laughingstock and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. Because their songs really, I mean, as goofy as they are, they're not horrible. They're not like, you know... Like this song, it's it's catchy, it's whatever, it's a standard pop song, it's nothing, but when you watch the video, you just want to punch all of them in the face. And the problem, I figured it out, is, is that this is a man band. This is this is like a boy band, but it's men. Like, when 14-year-old boys dance around choreographed and sing in harmony and act like fools and make a video where they're all just so goofy and asinine with each other... And hitting on girls and stuff. It's kind of, you're like, okay, that's boy band. That's whatever. That's, you know, these are men in their 30s doing that. And it just, it's really disturbing. So wait, I mean, so on that definition, goofy, acting screwy together, that sort of thing, the Beatles would fall into that also. Not necessarily, because they're not, Have... like, they're playing their own instruments. They're not dancing, chore- choreographed, synchronized dances. I mean, this whole video is, like, one guy stepping to the front and singing his part while the other three dance together like they're the pips. But it's not like, you know, it's not like a good Motown-type song. It's a boy band song that they're singing, and they're all just too old for it. Like, if they stood around like like boys to men and just, you know, had some self-pride and just sang their song... It would be a lot more presentable than them, you know, each wearing their pastel colors, dancing around, trying to be a boy band. I'm going to form a Color Me Bad acapella cover band just to spite you. <laughs> well, that would be the man than, band. See, you're not understanding that that would be better than Color Me Bad. If Color <laughs> Me Bad did that, it would be it would improve them. I, I'm going to do a cover band of Color Me Bad that's only instruments, no voices. <laughs> see what? See how that goes. Trumpets. <laughs> color me bad done all on sousaphones it's color me instrumental i want to sex you up sex you up yeah. <laughs> that's good yeah uh, let's like get it. moving on all right yeah we got it we got a song for number one this this week uh mm-hmm. black or white by michael jackson Wrong, you're right. 
I love this song. <laughs> okay. So like, I don't know if you guys were there, like most of the country was watching Fox or BET uh, on November 14th, 1991, where there was the worldwide premiere of the video for this. I remember it. Yep. Like yep. it was so huge. We were talking about it the next day at high school, like all day. And uh, this is nine weeks on the chart. So it took two weeks from the worldwide premiere of that video to go to number one and stayed there. This is its seventh week at number one. Mm-hmm. And then he did it for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. He did the Super Bowl act. And then probably for the at the time, one of the best music videos for the year. Because remember, they had when that's that all that, that morphing uh, technology. Yeah. yeah, the morphing thing had just started going. I remember everyone doing that freaking out because of the people tilting their heads and their faces changing. And this is an amazing, probably in my well, I'm surely in my top 10, maybe my top five Michael Jackson songs of all time. Yeah, for sure. And, and I remember the shock when you have that break in the video, uh, which is like not in the radio version, where he stops and just like destroys a car for no reason. Yep. You know, as you do. <laughs> He decides he wants to do a bonus stage in Street Fighter 2. I remember that. I remember that. No. It's Ali Honda on it. Yeah. Yeah, he has a baseball bat, and he just obliterates a car in the middle of the song. And then they go back into the song with Macaulay Culkin rapping for some reason. That was a weird... 90s, too, was a weird year, actually, now that you bring it up. (laughs) Well, I mean, just look at the list we've had. It's It's just a weird collection of things and then right smack in there is nirvana that doesn't and, one and of these Michael things Jackson is not like the other did go through a, a few years in his career where he, he he thought he was a tough guy yes mm-hmm. and you know everybody well, had to be all like okay sure you're a tough guy michael whatever well i mean the the name of the album is dangerous yeah and a song all about how bad he is i hate that song wait bad yeah i'm just talking about the song bad oh. like you know when he went like running around he's going, i'm bad like no you're not man come on <laughs> you're, a lot of, you're a lot of things but tough and bad is not not any of them no hey, 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 sorry i got distracted for a moment <laughs> uh yeah it, i mean it, it, him beating up a car with a bat i was I, rem- I remember watching that going who does he think he is well he's a guy with a bat i mean seriously if you have a and bat what do you do you, I beat guarantee up a car. you he couldn't swing that bat on his own and break a window he was I, making a statement about color me bad I pretended this this car is a man band. I I remember right. There was a different version of the uh, car windows and storefront that had like uh, racist graffiti and he was like destroying the graffiti. And the other, like the very end of the video, it like pans back out and Bart Simpson is watching it, which is like the most 1991 thing ever. I say 91 because that's when the video dropped. Yeah. (laughs) All in all, I have to say for a top 10, this is a pretty solid lineup for the year that we chose. I was excited about this uh, 92 lineup. Like we've had so many years where then has like two good songs, two super shitty songs and a bunch. We barely remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is all in all this. I mean, I made a playlist on whatever, what app? Spotify? I I don't even know. I don't even know what, what the hell app do I use? What am I using? I don't know. Title title. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. Because I get, I get like the deluxe version for free because I have T-Mobile, but whatever. But I, I, this top ten is now a playlist. You know, and I know I could put this on now and be like, cool. There's good, happy music, fun. Reminds me of '92, great times, having a good time when I was, you know, just 
in the middle of my college years. That was cool. It's a good time. I enjoyed this every one of these songs. While I'm not 100% on any of them, I enjoyed the whole playlist. Okay, so we're we're wrapping up then. Where Mike liked all the songs, there's only a limited <laughs> arguing. Certainly, the show is going to continue that way for the now. 100%. <laughs> Uh, Everything's uh, coming up. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get my Metamucil ready. I'm gonna go get a car and a baseball bat. I got plans. I'm gonna go get me some color me bad. I'm, go, I'm going 100 percent old man on this top ten. I'm gonna go get some Christian jokes. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, everybody. We will be back in a little bit, and uh, we're gonna cover Billboard top ten for the week of the 18th, 2022. <laughs> All right, we are back, and uh, we are going to do the top 10 for this week, January 18th, 2022. Look it up. All right. But right before we bump, we, we, we jump into that. I got yes, a couple, Patrick uh, has a couple, stats. A couple of notes from the, from the then. Uh, you had asked Josh if uh, that was the first time we've had somebody in the then and the now, and yes, I went back and looked at all the Billboard notes that we have in the Google Drive, and there are no recurring guest characters on the then Nerd. and the now. That's the first time. <laughs> and then I only found six billboard shows in our Google Drive. So unless we have some show notes from previous ones, this is only the seventh show we've okay. on billboard. So there you go. Well, all right. So stepping into I, 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 I was yeah, I was gonna start to use another euphemism for stepping into things. Um <laughs> stepping in we have Kodak Black with Super Gremlin. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? We're going to have to. <laughs> this song I mean, is awful. He's, he kind of falls into that mumble rapper thing. I don't get it. I'm sure he's got fans. I'm not one. But that song, after I was, because I, I listened to all the songs all the way through while I was working, and the song got stuck in my head for How? whatever reason. Okay. How? It's got a hook. I Even if it's a shitty hook, it's a hook. The guy so, next credit. to you had a stroke, and you thought he was singing along. I work from <laughs> home, so if the guy next to me is, if, uh, I don't know who that is. It was in a mirror. Lauren oh. Drag. Oh. Yeah, I know you're, that's why I said that for your benefit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, this, like, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. sorry, sorry. Yeah. The thing is, is I, I kind of think that one of the reasons why this is in the conversation right now is because Antonio Brown, when he tried to explain why he walked off the field with no shirt, claimed he was super gremlin. So like, and I don't know if he was just making reference to the song or if the song's popular because of his tweets or if it's just a coincidence, but I know he was referring to the song. I just huh. don't know if that's the one of the reasons why it's moving up the charts at this moment in time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I thought that that was true. Yeah, that I had something. Maybe they so, just like Twilight Zone. Like, it's a disrespectful song. He doesn't even make himself out to look good. He's mumbling. I, I don't like it. Like, I get why someone might, but it's not for me. 
Yeah, yeah, and anything we, I have to say negatively about this song is going to make me sound like, you know, angry old white man. So I mean, I just, you've had 400 shows to lead up yeah, to it. I so. mean, you, you guys can probably guess what my opinion on this song is. It's just not very good. Right. I mean, we, we usually have the disclaimer, you know, this is we are not the target audience for a chunk of these songs. I mean, it's something that but, but we frequently like them. And this is, but this is not one of them. Yeah, yeah that's oh. where I'm at. And uh, while you guys were going on, I did look it up. You're right. We only had seven Billboard songs. Um, shows, shows, yes. Yeah. Uh, starting at 2013, we skipped 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 2020. So if you go to uh, what about 21? No, I think he meant 2022 is what he was trying to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we had one the last year and the year before. Yeah, yeah. Just go, go to, go to Podbean, find us there, search out Billboard. There's a whole chunk of them there for us, for you, from us, with love and for us. <laughs> To sir, with love. To sir. Now, next up, we have got "Need to Know" by something called Doja Cat. <laughs> Someone. I mean, something. I was going to say she's come up in the tweet. Yeah, I know. I, I again, it's another one of those situations where I was playing and kid came down. And said, oh, it's Doja Cat. I'm like, what's a Doja Cat? But I thought, <laughs> I thought there was that toaster cat for a second there. But no, that's not. That's something else. That's the Neo's nickname in the uh, in the Matrix. But yeah. Yeah. All right, we have Doja Cat with Need to Know. Doja Cat so, did appear in last year's uh, Billboard show, by the way. Yep, oh, did she? she? Did. Did yep. he? With that song um, that's at number 12 right now, still. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yep. Levitating so... or whatever. Yeah. No, that's Dua Lipa. Oh. Dua Lipa and Doja oh, Cat right, are totally but, different people. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh, no, maybe Kiss Me More? Yeah. Yeah. Was was Kiss Me More on the yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, I knew she was in the last Yeah, I know that name. She was in last year's. But you're right. That A different song, but yeah. It's like uh, if Samantha Fox was cursing, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I it, I was surprised at how incredibly like filthy this song was. <laughs> yeah, I feel like somebody was trying to tap into the Cardi B Nicki Minaj market. Yeah, but like I th- I think she's more talented than both of them for sure. Like, but I just I, I think this is beneath her. Honestly, I I was really annoyed by because I, I liked her song from last year and I like her most most of what I've heard of her stuff. And this song kind of annoyed me because I'm like, you don't need to try to do what they do. It's it's another one of those things though where like after it was done, it still kind of was in my head and. It, I kind of found myself enjoying it, but at the same time, I don't think I would ever seek it out or any of her other material. Like, it didn't hit me like that. But I can't say I didn't like it. I can. Yeah, it, was just such, it was such a de- departure from the other songs of hers that I've heard. I don't, I'm don't. i not familiar enough with her catalog to know if like this is more like her catalog and the other two were the departures, but well, I definitely like the other two songs of hers I've heard more than I like this. And I, I legit... I, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I was told by the Chillin' that it this song has been huge on TikTok videos. 
that's actually kind of where I was going is like, I'm not sure. Like I legitimately like this song and part of it is probably because uh, I, I browse TikTok and I've uh, seen that like 10 second clip of two or three different spots in the song a few times. And then I went back and listened to the whole thing and watched the video. And I thought it was really cool. They did like a whole sci-fi thing with this video with actually like legitimately good effects. Yeah. Yeah. The video was actually pretty impressive. Um, so I, I don't know where it was, like if it was something that I was just already familiar with. So I liked it where the chicken and egg thing is, but I, I, I like the song. Yeah, I haven't I like played on my Christian Minecraft the- server. You what? You like the video way more? I like the video way more than I like the song. Ah. <laughs> what? That, that's, that is a meme, not on my Christian Minecraft server. Yeah. Can't show that in Christian manga. All right. So next up <laughs> we've got Bad Habits by the ginger himself, Ed Sheeran. You know what? Say what you will about Ed Sheeran and maybe, you know, he's whatever. The the kid's got talent and it's nice to hear him do something a little different from what we typically hear, which, you know, is kind of more love song ballady kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I could see this like 20 years from now being in like a Danny Boyle type film as kind of an ironic thing playing in the background during a scene where people are doing bad things or whatever. Um, I love his lyrics. While, while, a guy sh- while a guy shoplifts guns. Right. There's something. And, and the video is the one, one of the videos I actually watched. And it's a cool video, like legitimately kind of a cool video. Yeah. The, he and all of his friends are vampires and like all the normal people are ragdolling around him. I, I don't know that I like yeah. his super pop take, like the direction he's taken, but the song's fine. Like it's a little generic, but it's fine. I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's, not staying with this is what i do you know this is the songs i sing and he does step out of it i mean i i kind of dug this one i haven't seen the video the video sounds very intriguing yeah you um, should check it it's out it's funny you it's funny you mentioned the video because just like the the doja cat song is the exact opposite for me where i like the song but i hated the video whereas the doja cat one, i loved the video but hated the song they both have a lot of production value though true yeah that music videos now have credits when did that start with uh thriller thriller yeah (laughs) nobody since thriller has done that and suddenly now everybody you know they're all movie productions credits it started to become real common within the time we started doing this billboard show like i remember seeing it more than once in the top 10 within the last five years but but now it's like every video has credits Mm -hmm. well kids you have so many like how many movies have been made up by people who started their careers making music videos yeah I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody consumes all their media the same way now. So it's like there's a, it's almost like a TV, movie, video, you know, music video. They're all kind of getting blended together. Like you see them on the same things. You see that they're all starting to look the same. Yeah. See, I kind of miss uh, this is going to make me sound like old man yelling at clouds. But I kind of miss like the first few years of MTV when we had no friggin idea what to do with the music <laughs> video thing. And you were getting like this, you know, you get your standard concert video from this band, but then you turn around and then you've got like the talking heads doing a yeah. video. And then and... you turn around and you got three minutes of armpit in a fucking Dexie's Midnight Runners right. video. Yeah, nobody knew what the hell they were doing. They're just throwing shit at the wall, see what's stuck. And I mean, yeah, they got more production values and all that now. But I kind of miss that 
what the hell let's see what happens type it, of thing. Dude, it, it felt like public access television a little bit i yeah. think they're wilder now than they were in the 80s like go back and watch some of the videos especially like need to know bad habits and industry baby and tell me that it isn't even weirder now oh industry babies we'll get to that that thing, oh we, they're, we, yeah we see, gotta get to oh i'm sorry i was gonna say they're they're weirder and I will agree with you on that, Josh. But I think the thing that I missed is talking about is the, the, the professionalism. They're much more professional now, right? That's certainly true. Yes, yeah. they they they're calculated weird, right? Whereas the stuff like, especially from like things like the Talking Heads, David Byrne uh, deciding whatever he's going to do. Let's put on the big suit. Let's project my face on the street and film it with a you know a Super Eight. You know that's that, that sort of thing I miss, <laughs> right? All right, so now we've got Cold Heart, the PNAU remix with Elton John and Dua Lipa. I don't know what's happening here. I am not a fan of this song. It sounds like someone impersonating Elton John at a karaoke. I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I don't think it's the best in the uh, the now, but uh, I really dig this one. Really? Yeah, for sure. Huh. Like I've, I'd heard this one on the radio a couple times, and like this is a sort of song that might have made me mad 15 years ago because I don't like uh, classic songs being repurposed. Like I remember, I did not like Ghetto Superstar when I first heard it. Uh, because of repurposing islands in the stream, but I've gotten over that, and I, I, I don't know. I, I really like the song. Huh. I don't know if it's just the the drum machine bass of it, or I, I, I don't know. It just it seems like the the sum of everything should equal a lot more than this song is. This, this, the the end result feels beneath Elton John. Well, this is a remix. This is a dance remix. So when you're talking about like the electronic beat in the back, keep in okay. mind that that is intentional for the pop stations. Uh, the original okay. is a little slower. They B96 it. Yes, 100%. And that's the B96 <clears throat> music is what you're going to see on this top 10. Okay. Well, I'll dig up I'll dig up the original. I'll <clears throat> see, if, see if I like that. See, and that's just it. I I feel like maybe the non-remix is better, but this is the one song where I was like I listened to about 30 seconds a minute and I'm like, this is the most repetitive shit I've ever heard. I'm like, okay, it's a dance song, but it's on the charts. So give me something a little more. So I skipped ahead. Exact same thing. Skipped ahead. Exact same thing. Eventually, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm over Wait, it. You're going to say the most repetitive thing you ever heard when we've done the Adam's Groove. No, not the most repetitive thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. it just That's was, what you said. <laughs> it just was, was just so like, I didn't see a point to it. That's okay. kind of where I stand on it. I just, I nothing in this song. I just felt like, okay, well, yeah, it exists. And here's something else I'm going to say. Elton John and Dua Lipa were not in the same room when this was recorded. Yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I just, I feel like this song was just not as good as the sum of its parts. I mean, I like both of those artists and I did, and this song just, it just, it just nothing to me to death. Yeah. Again, Elton John, I mean, props to still being out there, dude. I mean, you're in the top 10, 30 years after don't let the sun come down on me type of thing, but I'm doing another duet. He's like all over the place recently. I mean, he, I think it started when he, when he did, um, 
save rock and roll with uh followed boy i think that was the first like big duet that he did uh, wasn't him it? and miley cyrus did a cover of nothing else matters that is flat out brilliant see i could see that i could see that being good well and he was awesome in the kingsman sequel now that's not music but still he was you phenomenal. know you know we're doing a music show right yeah but he's elton john he's a musician elton so. john has, has basically in his entire career never been irrelevant right yeah. and he works hard at that <laughs> All right. All right. Then we've got what is the next one up? Uh, Industry Baby. Yeah, Lil Nas X and Jack Carlo. I kind of dig it. I am so happy to hear you say that because this is so upbeat and dancey and the video is flat out fucking bonkers. I can I, honestly say I've never seen anything like that video before. Yeah, I have to watch the video weird. then. Yeah. Am I the only one? Because I, I made a playlist and I just played it throughout my day. Well, I didn't intentionally watch. I only watched the lyric videos. But if the song caught my attention and I wanted to, to you know, know more or I liked it enough that I wanted to hear it again, I would then watch the video. And I, t- truth be told, I like Lil Nas X. Um, I do too. He's got catchy songs, chorus hooks. He's got the whole thing down. He doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. He just does his own thing. And this song is like a great, like driving down the street in the middle of summer with the windows rolled down kind of song. But yeah, the the video, like, don't, don't play it in front of any of the rest of your family or probably most of the people you know, Mike. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, you might get to the end, but you'll be very surprised, I think. All right, that's on my list now. Going to have to check that out. You've, you've intrigued me. But, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to like this because, you know, putting playlists and stuff together and Little Nas X doesn't really show up often. But listen to i was getting a groove onto this i was in i was bopping to it i was digging the hook on it um i liked it pat what about you man okay well uh i guess i'm the guy that gets to shit on this song then um All i right. hated it yeah i mean the only thing that i liked about this song was jack harlow and the only reason i'm glad i heard this song was because i, I listened to a couple of his songs i might be a fan of jack harlow so but yeah the actual song itself did not care for it the video was just way bonkers and i was just like what the fuck see no even pat is saying this thing is way bonkers so well, i'm gonna he, have to here's the thing is what you've got to know for context is that it, it is very very unusual in pop music for someone to be out out gay and black and right lil nas x like he's just like i am going to push this as far as the internet will let me oh yeah and that was that was very obvious that, yeah. Just to show, like, I don't give a fuck what you think about this. And I was just like, you know, okay, yeah, you be you. And that was really something. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pushing boundaries in, in a lot of worlds where those boundaries are rarely pushed. The only thing that would make this any more is if he was some sort of a sports figure. That's right. the only way he could really push it any farther than he already is. But I mean, uh, I mean, at essence, you know, we're talking about, you know, a top 10 song and... 
and we're talking about music, not the video necessarily. Even it's though a great it, song, I'm though. Coincide, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, but I don't think it's a great song myself. That's my opinion on the song of it. It's like, regardless of him as an artist and his statements and anything, I just don't think it's that good of a song. And I probably wouldn't be as super up on it without the video, but I agree with Joel that for me, this it was just so upbeat and dancey. I I was there for it. Hmm. Well, all right. Uh, now we have now we have another twofer in this one because we have a song from a movie in the then and a song from a movie in the now. Yeah, and with all of the people who are credited on Billboard, really the person who should be credited because there's so many different singers. Uh, we really should talk about the writer Lin Manuel Miranda because he's the one that put this together. Uh, not taking anything away from the singers, he's just not credited because he's not one of the people singing, but he's the mm-hmm. one most responsible for the song. Yeah, so now we've got from the movie Encanto, with a slurry of people all in this one, is a song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Two things this is doing is making me one want to actually see Encanto. Oh, it's so good. You really should. Uh, I, I wow. When Patrick was like, one of the best Disney movies of all time, come on. And I gave it some thought, and I'm thinking it might be a yes considering the entire history. Hmm. You know what's interesting, though, is is my kid especially is this has been the soundtrack's been on repeat, this song specifically. And after seeing all of the songs in the movie, First of all, Lin-Manuel Miranda deserves all the credit he gets. Uh, the guy's a friggin' genius. But this is actually my least favorite song of all the songs on the soundtrack, and it still is a great song. I, I want to address that, but Mike said he had two things, so I want him to get a second <laughs> Sorry, thing. go ahead. Gotta see the movie. Yep. And gotta f- meet, figure out, I gotta I figure out what's going on with this Bruno guy, which I guess rolls back to the gotta see the movie. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I, I know that... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, this week, this song became the biggest Disney hit in 26 years. It passed up Let It Go uh, huh. and is on pace to pass up. The last one was, uh, uh, not Name of the Wind, uh, from Pocahontas. Colors of the Wind? Yeah. Well, Colors, Colors of, of the Wind. Wind. Colors of the Wind had a higher charting position than this is at now. I would not be surprised if this went as high as two or even one. Uh, and this is my favorite song from a movie where I like every single song. And part of it is because of the syncopation at the end, where you've got all these layers of characters doing their own little verse. And at the end, they're singing them all at once and it works. And that's something that Lin-Manuel does in a few. Usually he has that one time in each of his musicals, where even if the melody's different and the rhythm is just a little different, when you get to the end and they're all singing at once, it comes together. That's See, why I love this song. And I think my favorite song from the soundtrack is probably Surface Pressure, where I, the strong sister is singing, you know, about feeling like she's under pressure and like she's weak, even though she's the strongest one in everybody. Yeah. That that song is, is my personal favorite, but I get why this is a great song and I do like it. Um, I'm just impressed that it's on the friggin' Billboard charts and it's a it's a it just doesn't feel like it should be here. Well, it, I mean, it's been a long time, but I mean... Disney movies used to pop, used to chart with the music. 
I mean, it doesn't happen quite as often, but remember, in yeah. the like, early 90s, you had Little Mermaid, you had Aladdin, you had you know, a whole new world. That was on the charts for a long time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so Pat, you also did not see Encanto. <laughs> Correct. Well, all right. <laughs> that's all you have to say about Bruce. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. I mean, I literally, I, I, I don't at all see the fascination with this song because I haven't seen the movie, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know, but I just, I didn't, I thought it was okay. I mean, I... Even just as a regular song, there's... Yeah, I just was like, yeah, all right. I mean, okay. You didn't get your little shimmy on with the... No, it didn't didn't make (laughs) me, like, feel like dancing or nothing. I just was like, okay. Because I didn't didn't really know the story, and I'm watching the video, and I'm watching everything, and I'm like, okay, obviously this kid can predict the future, and she's putting together a little puzzle thing, and I don't get any of this, and okay, and we don't talk about Bruno, and okay, well... And one one of the things is, like, there's some secret in a lot of big families that like you claim you're not ever supposed to mention, which of course means that everyone secretly talks about it. Right. And that's that uncle in this family is because yeah, he's got these prophecies that everyone hates him because most of them are bad and they come true. So they just don't talk about him. They pretend he's not a part of the family. Yeah. And I got all that. I mean, I really did, but I just, it just, I guess it just never really captured me. I was just like, okay, that's a lot more fun than my family, man. Than ours. I mean, we we pretended everybody in the family pretended my cousin wasn't adopted for twenty eight years. We don't talk about Matthew. No, 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 no. my cousin, not my brother. You. <laughs> no, I know, but we don't talk about Matthew. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that name out loud. Shut your mouth. It's because we don't talk about RoboCop doesn't work. Right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, all I right. Mean, I'm not trying to like disparage it. I just, I was just, I didn't get it. I don't because I haven't seen the movie. I guess. Yeah, that's well, cool. I, I liked it, and I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Maybe I need to see it in context. I don't know. Maybe maybe you got to get your Bruno on. Is there a cloud up there you're yelling at, Pat? I'm not even mad or yelling. It's just I just don't don't get it. It's all. It's like it's not like I hated it. Like I hated Industry Baby and I hated uh, what was the other one? Oh, Super Gremlin. Hated that. I didn't hate this. I just was like, okay, all right. Well, all right. So I guess we're gonna double back to some more Ed Sheeran. Now we have at number four, we have Shivers. Oh baby, you don't wanna dance till the sunlight cracks. When we see the party's over, then we'll bring it right back. When we say, Ooh, I love you when you do it like that. When you close up, give me the shivers. Oh baby, you don't wanna dance till the sunlight cracks. When we see the party's over, then we'll bring it right back into the car. On the back seat in the moonlit dark. Wrap me up. All right, Mike, what? What Smothers Brothers line came to my mind while I was listening to this song? Oh. At one point oh. he says, I want to drink your smile. And I'm like, you can't drink a solid, Tommy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, what's funny about this song is as I was listening to the lyrics, again, I like his songwriting. And this is probably out of the two, of, I, this is the one I prefer less. I prefer Bad Habits. But if you were to take this song, put different music behind it with the lyrics he has, or even maybe with the same music just written in a different way, like on an acoustic guitar or something, this could be a country song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could see that. It could be a modern day country song for sure. Yeah. A little and twang to it. Yeah. It would be number one. And I think I'm with you. I, I prefer bad habits over this. Uh, I don't have a whole lot new to say aside from that. This is fine. Even though I don't prefer the direction he's gone. I do respect that he j- chose to do something different. Just like you guys said. So I didn't really care for the song, but I didn't hate it. You know, it was just, yeah, it was felt like a normal pop song. But I will say that the short-haired little blonde girl is very, very cute. <laughs> That's Patrick's hot take. <laughs> 
All right. That blonde girl was cute in that Ed Sheeran video. What about the music? Yep. Oh, there was music? Yeah, there was the music, music was okay. Oh, I missed the vehicle to bring the little blonde girl to my notice, so that was good enough. All yeah. right. On so, to number three. Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Turns out I did know what this song was, and I had heard it before. Yep, that was my reaction too. Is like I, I didn't think I knew this song. I was like, oh, I have heard this song. I was unfamiliar with it. I mean, it's it's a little boring. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't feel a whole lot of anything mm-hmm. about this song. Like uh, if it comes on the radio, I won't change the station. But I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's it's just kind of there. If you had paused before you went to play this song, this little the little song clip right there, mm-hmm. and offered me a thousand dollars to give you any type of anything about this song, I wouldn't have been able to do it because that I was... just listened to this song half an hour ago, and I could not even. Re- when you said "Heat Waves, Glass Animals," I'm like, what? <laughs> That's exactly what my notes said. I had nothing. This song, I think it was on a Gap soundtrack. That was literally all I wrote for notes because. This I don't is, even remember listening. I hundred percent listened to it. I know I did. I remember looking at the video and watching it. But until Joel, you played the song, I did not remember listening to it at all. I'm like, what? Did I forget this? You one? you you hit it, Joel. This is a song you would hear at the Gap. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Yep. And the and the thing, the one I wrote down in my notes on this one is, uh, soon noon moon. I mean, it it not real good on the rhyming. He sticks with what he knows. I I again very repetitive. I mean, too cool of a band name to be producing this music. I think Glass Animals is actually a pretty good bad name, but... Makes you think of Glass Tiger, though. No, definitely not thinking of Glass Tiger. <laughs> Come on now. You know you like Glass Tiger. All right, so number two. Number two. As soon as I hue that up. Cue it up, baby. It is Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Okay, watching this video, it was because I'd heard the song a bunch. And I was just like, this is interesting because I have never seen two more punchable faces with a song that I dig anyway. Like, I legitimately like the song and wonder if I'm alone on this. But like when I, I was just like, this is Bieber at his punch faceable-ist. And the Kid <laughs> Leroy looks like an even more annoying and whiny version of Bieber with a little bit of uh, the brother from uh, uh, oh, the Targaryen brother from early Game of Thrones thrown in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Viserys. Yeah, Viserys Targaryen is a punk kid who thinks he's a badass. Like, the two have seriously punchable faces, but I don't know why I dig this song. I don't either. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you lot, I... Yeah, I do not have the vitriol for this song I, I, I did for the others, but it, it was just very there. It's another put-together-by-formula song. Um, it also wins the award for being the shortest song out of all the 20 songs that we went through this week. 
But again, as I've said before in other Billboard shows, Bieber has reached that point in his life and his career and everything where he just, he doesn't give a shit. He just does what he wants, doesn't care what people say or think about him. He's like, he's got fuck you money. He's got fuck you status. He just, he don't care. Yeah. Uh, Hey, Josh, I'm 100% with you. Cool. I actually, I actually like this song. A good pop song is a good pop song. It's catchy. Both of them, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to kick them square in the balls. But, uh, you know, minus all the F-bombs, uh, you probably could hear this one in a store and probably have. But uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I could not help myself but enjoy it. It was a fun song. I dig yeah, it. This is another TikTok song. This is another one that I have heard both on the radio and on TikTok. Uh, mm. And it's, yeah, I, I like it. I'm not actually sure why. Well, I guess I'm with Pat on this one. <laughs> and then finally, finally, number one, we have Easy on Me by Adele. Okay. When I, I'm glad we listened to all these kind of like together. And I, I did all these in one day because my overwhelming impression from this song was as can't let go is to a Mariah Carey easy on me is to Adele. It is a middle to low of the pack of them doing the thing they're known for. Like it's not bad. It's just like an entirely forgettable example of exactly what you go to that artist for. That's I will say, I have to say about it outside of, we don't talk about Bruno which I think no, is its own. No, own, no, no. What? Oh, I thought you were. Okay. No, anyway, just, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where the hell you're going with that. Uh, outside of, I don't talk about Bruno, which I think is his own little thing. Cause it's like a soundtrack song. Cause it, follow, you know, it kind of has a, it's a plot point in a movie type of song. Um, it's probably my favorite out of all the other nine. Huh? Little, really? Little, little spoiler. Cause we're about to go to that question, but I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no, I mean, it's, I, I'm not a super Adele fan. I don't own any of, any of her stuff, but I will say out of all the songs that we listen to, even the, uh, the Ed Sheeran stuff, um, I mean, she's uh, lyrically, she's got good, you know, the lyrics are written wonderfully. I think it's a lot better than anything else on this thing. I think her voice, she's definitely got the pipes for it. It may be that I just don't, you know, I, uh, this and hello are now the two songs that I know from Adele. <laughs> okay. And you know, rolling in the deep because like, you just cannot not know that. Okay. Right. I probably do, but no, you I mean, do. I, I do. Okay. But <laughs> I no do think this is into a trend talk. that she's kind of, she's kind of like easy on me. Okay. Hello. Easy on me. Did Lionel Richie have an e- a song called easy on me? Easy like Sunday morning. It was just, yeah. It was, it was just called easy. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a Commodore song. Okay. Right, but well, close enough. Close enough. I'm just like maybe maybe she's got this like thing. She's hanging out with Lionel Richie. Adele's Adele's no, the next, next song Lionel is going to be da- dancing on the walls. <laughs> uh I, I mean, I think it's it's Adele doing Adele. It's harmless. It reminds me a little bit of Tori Amos with, with the the songwriting and the fact that she's playing the piano. But it's okay. Definitely not my favorite song on the on the the list, but. You know, it, it's all right. I mean, I say this with literally no emotion or vitriol. I just, I just don't care about Adele. I just don't. I just, I, I don't give a shit. I mean, her voice isn't amazing enough to care about. It's not bad enough for me to hate. It's just, I mean, she's just there. Her songs are just kind of there. I'm like, 
And <laughs> I, I will fully admit that I had a very traumatizing Adele moment in my life, which probably definitely a few, you know, affects my feelings towards her. I was trapped in a car for an undetermined amount of time with three women listening to an Adele CD on repeat. So there is trauma <laughs> there. So, so oh, I'm could, have been trapped, <laughs> could have been trapped in a closet with R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, you know. uh, better being trapped with Bill Cosby. Oh. Hey. Adele with her new number one hit, Say Me, Say You. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't care about Adele. I just, I'm just so over it. I'm like, whatever. I mean, I so. mean, is there, is there a lot of like Adele proselytizing out by you that I'm not aware of? Uh, well, I have a lot of female friends, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've reached the point in the show where since we don't do thumbs up, thumbs down, traditionally, we have picked our favorite from then and favorite from now. And I don't know if it's going to be obvious. Like for me, I feel it's incredibly obvious, but I, I don't know about for everybody else. Since Mike already sort of started, I want to throw to him first. Okay. Favorite for then, 100% black or white by Michael Jackson. Favorite for now, probably going to go with... I, we don't talk about Bruno. Could be my number one, I suppose, if I watch the movie with like you guys. But I'm going to go with Easy on Me just because I don't have the whole story behind it. Fair. Uh, mine is not particularly interesting because it's pretty obvious. As much as I love Black or White, and it's in my top three or four Michael Jackson songs, I, I cannot answer anything other than Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana is my favorite for then. And uh, yeah, We Don't Talk About Bruno is like one of the not only my favorite on this it's one of my favorite things about this whole week because i just saw the movie over the weekend i uh, i thought you were gonna go with boys to men honestly uh you know boys to men I, this is so hard to like order the top three on the then for me because like black or white is huge it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday was like foundational to my high school experience but like smells like teen spirit is one of the big songs of my life Agreed. I think if you'd have asked 1992 Josh, he'd have picked Boys to Men, but by now he's swayed to Nirvana. Uh, I think if you'd asked 94 or 95 Josh, though, he'd have the same answer. Yeah, because once Kurt Cobain killed himself, Nirvana hopped over Boys to Men. Yeah, I mean, maybe even a little before that, but I take your mm. point. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Just, no, it, it just kind of solidifies them as a, as a, like, oh my god, this is a formative just, moment in my I'm life sorry. kind of thing. And, now, I, and in my mind, I just had, like, he dies and Dave Grohl's like, now we can go kick boys to men's ass. We're free. <laughs> ah! I was speaking specifically for Josh, not, not not culturally. No, I was just thinking Dave Grohl kicking boys to men's ass. That's all I was thinking. Right. So Dave Grohl is tied directly into Josh. Could be. Never know. Dave Grohl doesn't have a cane. <clears throat> anyway, let's move on to somebody else. <clears throat> That's a good point. I, I would have to go with, for the then, Smells Like Teen Spirit, uh, just because, I mean, it's iconic. And for the now, I have to go with, I, just by default, the only song that I actually can say that I liked in the whole top ten would be Bad Habits. Huh. Okay. All right. I, I either didn't care or hated <laughs> almost every song in, the, in that top ten, except for Bad Habits. All right. Joel. All right. Well, the then it's it's definitely smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. If there's uh, nobody's surprised by that. Um, then now I'm uh, I'm actually going to go with Industry Baby. Um, like I said, with Encanto, I like a lot of the other songs better than we don't talk about Bruno, but it is still impressive. But I'm going with the yeah. Lil Nas X. Nice. So, like, if you have your thoughts about uh, any of the uh, Billboard shows we've done, or if you want to talk about something that just didn't quite make the top 10, because there's some interesting shows, uh, interesting songs, like in that 11 to 15 range in both the then and the now, uh, call us and let us know. Uh, uh, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, if you're looking for more of us, 
can find our back catalog of shows, like I said before, on Podbean or on Pandora or whatever podcast app you use. You can just search for us and we will be on there. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Amazon podcasts. And uh, you can support the show in the Kofi link down in the show notes and uh, buy us a coffee and help us uh, pay for some hosting costs. That's it. But yeah, we will be back soon with uh, something else. The future we'll be, is nebulous. We'll be talking about Bruno. Yes, the next next show will be all about Bruno yeah. and the, re- the return of Bruno. Actually, Ooh, we got yeah. uh, what? No, we're not talking about Bruce Willis's album. Uh, we got Comfort Food, Character Actors, Jackass, Death on the Nile, West Side Story, Sesame Street, and more. And that's just one show. Yeah, it's stacked, dude. <laughs> just I just had a vision of what we would be after a show like that. I don't even care anymore. I just want to go home. All right, but. Uh, Everybody, see you next week, and thanks for listening. Tell me you never smoked weed without actually telling me you've never smoked weed. That's what that was right there. I think he was doing a cigarette. Yeah, he was doing oh, a cigarette. Well, okay, well, that's still, that's still bad. No, nobody ends smoking with... Apparently, <laughs> you've never smoked a cigarette with me. No. <laughs> he gets uh, projectile diarrhea every time he smokes a cigarette. <laughs> Oh yeah, my asshole just—he's like no that's longer. Why, that's why I only smoke for a day. <laughs> <laughs> only got eight pairs of drawers. <sighs> All right, let me save, save this. that.